Hi, welcome to A Drop of Sunshine. Why do I believe what I believe? Series. Today I have my friend Joe. He's the guy that rides down the street on his one wheeler. Ah,、uh, 大家好，我的名字是李浩然。My name is Joe, and I am good friends with my friend Yaozi. We go to church together here at Redeemer Community in Birmingham, Alabama. I've lived all over the world, including China, Virginia, and now here. And right now, I moved to Alabama to go to med school at UAB. How was it like for you growing up as a missionary kid? That's an interesting question, Yao.、Um, you know, I actually didn't find the Lord until I was seventeen years old. So, from my perspective, you know, I was just kind of growing up in a fun culture. You know, totally different. Um, interesting place, and you know, just thought that was kind of like life. You know, nothing too crazy. I learned that really, you know, a lot of places aren't that different than the U.S. Once you come to think about it, people are just people wherever you go, and they just have different customs. And as far as you know, the mission stuff, me, I kind of kept to myself and just lived my own little life, and had friends, and did my schoolwork, and. You know, had fun, but I really wasn't engaged with the whole missions、uh, thing because myself, I wasn't even saved until a couple months before I moved back to the U.S. for college.、Mm, that's cool. Do you want to share about your story? How were you saved? Yeah, I'd love to.、Um, this little cat coming up on this porch might listen too. Maybe he'll be saved. <laughs> <laughs>、um, yeah. So my parents. Raised me in Kentucky, and you know they were Christians. They're actually home missionaries, you know, with the North American Mission Board. And we grew up in church. Went to church every Sunday.、Um, heard the gospel many places at home and at church. And when I was about five, my older sister, you know, decided that she wanted to become. A Christian, so she told her parents, and everyone was just so excited. I remember, friends, family were so happy to hear the good news.、Mm-hmm. And so, of course, me being a year younger than her, you know, I said the same thing. I said, "Well, then let me be a Christian too, <laughs> whatever that means." And to be honest, I didn't know what that really meant. So I did、um, pray the prayer, you know, our side of the prayer, and you know, I'd obviously heard about the stories about Jesus. And you know, shortly after that, I got got baptized, and of course, everyone thought the same thing. You know, just so happy that little Joel over here would, you know, be a Christian. But the reality was, my life didn't change at all. I was still focused on myself.、Um, you know, didn't really have a lot of regard for others. And as I grew up, even in another country, that really didn't stick with me. Like that didn't really impact my life. I was still. Hearing the gospel and you know, in the home and reading my Bible and we'd pray at meals and、uh, even have family devotions. But to me, I didn't have a relationship with our Creator and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when I was about 16, I almost died. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this about me, but you know most people don't even know this about me. But 
I was playing around and we were in a big city and I'm not very good at painting the picture but it was a rainy day and we we're just kind of playing around and I slipped in some mud and almost went in the road right as a semi truck came <laughs> probably like probably a foot maybe less and it really almost killed me and that's not an exaggeration <clears throat> so I was pretty shooken up you know because I was literally I didn't see like my life before my eyes or whatever that was but I knew it was very obvious to me that like I was inches from death and that scared me and at the time I kind of just you know I didn't tell all my friends I was with and we we're all outside just kind of playing um, and everything but I didn't really tell anyone I just kind of thought about it and kept thinking about it more and more for days which turned into weeks turned into months and I was just thinking and realizing like okay what would have happened if I died and me knowing I believed that the Bible was true I believed that God was out there and that it was real so I believed in the idea of heaven and hell and I realized I had no hope completely hopeless and had no reason to think that I would have done anything worthy of going to heaven mm. so I you know I didn't have Jesus in my life and I knew I couldn't earn it out of anything I had done. So I realized, quite frankly, that I almost died and went to hell. And that was a very scary thought for me. Um, so, you know, this was over the course of several months. By this time, I was about 17. This was already the next year. And I, it kept ruminating, eating away at me. And I didn't want to tell anybody because the enemy was using a fear tactic by saying... Um, look, everyone thinks you're saved. Like, you know, how do you know you're not really saved? Um, you know, what's everyone going to think if you tell them you've been living a lie your whole life um, and that, you know, you're not really a Christian at all? You know, what are these people going to think? That's partially why I stayed silent for so long. But eventually, it was, I believe, April 2013. I was 17 years old. I eventually told my mom one night, she was coming in my room to say goodnight. I said, look, I didn't say look. <laughs> I said, mom, how do you know if you're going to heaven? And of course, by this point, I knew the answer and I knew what I had to do. So that was more just opening the discussion. And I talked through with her and said, look, look this is, I didn't tell her I almost died, but I told her like, this is where I feel like I'm at. Like no reason to have hope, um, no, no light in my life, no Jesus in my life. And I said, I want that. I want hope and I want, you know, the assurance of salvation and I want to give my life to Jesus. So I prayed that night and I really became a different person. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything in your life that you're certain that it is like God's grace? Well, I mean, if you kind of are following up with that previous uh, story I just told, I mean, just the fact that he saved my life literally and spiritually, you know, physically and spiritually, um, you know, that is my biggest testament to God's grace, the fact that he would just yeah. love me enough to spare me and not only spare me, but to bring me into glory, um, into the glory of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. So that is probably the hugest marker of his grace on my life that, yeah. I could really ever say. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to 
say this is a cop out, but you know, I'm just blessed to be, you know, God brought me here to Alabama and it wasn't always uh, peaches and roses, you know, came here for school, which was hard. And just the fact that he gave me a lot of godly friends and community and other believers that want to encourage me to, uh, they're kind of pushing me towards him and I'm able to kind of push back and, you know, spur these other people on towards love and good deeds as well. Just yourself included, Yao. So just a great godly community of believers to be friends and just to help each other grow. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That is a great grace from him. Yeah. What are some times that you felt furthest from God? Hmm. Yeah, one time that was especially hard for me was a period when I was in somewhat of isolation. It was after I had graduated college at Liberty University and at that time I was now working as a high school teacher and trying to study for the MCAT and you know just on top of that I was commuting uh, almost an hour each way from my job and on top of that I was a first year teacher and I'll be honest it was and I was fresh out of college so it was a different routine than I had been in with my college friends so that was very difficult for me um, simply because of time you know get up crack of dawn and you know try to go to work and everything come back try to study till late at night and so I wasn't prioritizing God and I believe it's in James where he says you know draw near to God and he will draw near to you you know I guess to put it opposite times where I felt closest to God is where I'm valuing our relationship and investing pouring into that relationship and I can tell that he draws near as well. So that was a time, it was back in about 2017 to 2018, when I was quite lonely, to be honest. Um, you know, like I say, I was not investing and pursuing that relationship like I should have. And as a result, it permeated to really every area of my life. And I felt like I was a little bit distant. What would you say, what helped your relationship with God during that? I would say, obviously, I mean, I still was going to church at that point. So, you know, for me, going to church is a joy. And ever since becoming a Christian, it always has been. And even during that time that felt a little bit rough, that was something that I really valued, you know, seeing church friends, being fed from the Word of God, you know, whatever that looks like from a pastor, from the Bible, whatever. Um, and like I say, those were not as frequent as they should have been, you know, my intentions with God. But, you know, going to church was a big one where I knew I could be nourished every week. And then throughout the week, I was doing my own stuff, but it was a little bit more minimal. So those were probably not the times where I felt like God was really using those as much. You can, but again, you got to pour in. Okay, maybe this is a happier question. What are some times that you felt closest to God? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> I love talking about things that make me happy. <laughs> I'll be honest, there are quite a lot. 
and those are something I'm very thankful for. That's honestly where I drive my joy from. I feel like I have a happy life, really whatever happens to me, and you know, I attribute that to God filling me up every day. So the most recent major one I can think of was a retreat I went to at a lake. And Yaudza, I believe you were there as well. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yep. Um, so this was a retreat on spiritual multiplication and church planning movements. And, you know, it was about a day and a half at a lake house here in Alabama. And we just had good quality time with quality friends. But we were not only doing that, we were in the Word. We had alone time in the Word. We had group time sharing. We had just a lot of time where we were just uh, hearing, you know, good godly truths preached and spoken from just really wise people. So as a result, I came away feeling very nourished and restored and, yeah, just totally joyful. Aww. You can share one more story if you want. Well, I'll tell you another one. If we're walking backwards in time now, <laughs> um, I was part of what we call a missions cohort at Redeemer this past, wow, I guess past winter. I guess it was probably January. Well, I did one in January to probably March and then one over the summer, so I did two. And the first one really opened my eyes to what God's heart is for the world and what he wants to see done in different countries and regions around us. Um, the second one was also great and reinforcing, but the first one was where I really had my eyes open to the need for the gospel to be preached in every nation and um, you know just some of what God has planned in the end times and that's going to involve every tribe and tongue being represented worshiping him in heaven and you know this cohort also just taught me a little bit about ways I can be involved and just seeing a future and maybe helping be a part of that whether it's here or there or anywhere but that cohort was just based on the word of God and it really just challenged me and uh, again that kind of filled me up with other people that wanted to do the same thing, just see God's glory be made known. What do you struggle the most in your faith? Right now, I think it's priorities. Like, I know what I need to do, but sometimes it's hard to live it out. It reminds me of what Paul says. I believe it's Paul in the Bible. He says, uh, you know, I do what I hate and what I want to do, I don't do. And I think that's the nature of just being in this flesh as a human. Um, you know, God has revealed to me just some of the things that he has, some of the will for my life. And yet, as a human, I sometimes still avoid it. You know, it's like I know God wants me to wake up. Oh, sorry for rocking. <laughs> I know God wants me to wake up and, you know, dedicate this day to him and spend it in a way that he would have me do it, but there are days when I wake up and I start prioritizing other things, whether it be studying or, yeah, it's usually studying. <laughs> and it might be noon, I'm like, wow, I really haven't had that quality time with God yet, and how can I dedicate this day to him and all that I do if I'm filling myself up first thing with studying? So it's, that's the one area right now is, I know what I need to do, 
but living it out is sometimes mm. a challenge. Mm. Yeah, that's probably all of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I asked you that question, I mean, like, what do you struggle with believing hmm. in your faith? I think every human has doubts. And again, that goes for everybody, whether you're Christian, not a Christian, whatever. Me as a Christian, I'm going to have doubts about what I believe. And I think doubts are healthy because you're going to have to work through it and come way stronger. So for me, um, I think that there are a lot of things in Christianity that can never be known until we get to heaven. Because simply put, God hasn't revealed every detail of history to us especially. So, you know, when it comes to things like, you know, how old is the earth? You know, I work in the field of science and a lot of people question a lot of these kind of quote scientific facts and how the Bible competes with that, which it may or may not, to be honest. But that's a whole nother story. Hey. And yeah, the um it's just certain things like that. And you have a lot of Christians trying to make issues out of things that may not be some that are holding to, okay, the earth must be this old and you know, those kind of things. But in reality it's gonna come down to I don't know how God meant you know, say Genesis to be read and people can speculate, but there's a lot of things out there that are from the word of God which I believe to be true, but comes down to when humans start getting involved in interpreting it then it's when there's times where we can't always be sure because humans are fallible so I think that a lot of those issues are not necessary to enjoying the fruits of Christianity or our relationship with God but they are definitely things out there that make me wonder um, you know why is it that Christians may hold to this one idea Myself included. <laughs> hmm. Why do you believe what you believe? Well, it's complicated, but <laughs> I'll try to simplify it for you. Yeah. Um, simply put, I believe the Bible is true and that God is who he says he is because as a person on this earth, I believe that's the most logical conclusion that you can arrive at. I don't think, you know, to deny it, I believe, would be uh, blinding yourself, either that or uninformed. And I don't say that as a hateful means to anybody else, but that's the conclusion that I've reached by just observing the complexity of nature around us, of personalities, of souls, everything. I think that God must be the answer. I don't believe that we could have arose up from, you know, nothing. And that being said, a little bit more philosophically, I believe it because the whole God and His mercy has chosen to reveal that to me, that He is who He says He is, because I think that, you know, God sort of has to reveal Himself before one can truly find Him. And He has around us, but at the same time, He has to kind of uh, work in your heart to make you kind of ex be willing to accept that idea. What sustained you when you wrestle with your faith? Oh man. Sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're wearing me out, yeah. I know. No, 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 no. Um, that's actually a happy question. So just like 
God did with the Israelites. So when they crossed, I believe, the Red Sea, he had them make a, a pillar out of 12 stones so that their ancestors would be able to look back and just sort of see these monuments and ask about them and see what God has done for them in the past. And there has been time after time in my own life where God has brought me through something extremely difficult or even just made a way and just opened a bunch of doors allowing something to happen in my life that really shouldn't happen and he's just carried me this whole way and so there's just times where I'm able to look back and just be reminded of those things sort of like those 12 stones and just remember like God has brought me this far and he's done amazing things and I'm just so overjoyed to see those and I realize that yes I have doubts but there's proof like in my life like God has proved himself to me so I don't need to continue to disbelieve what what is God currently doing in your life or working in your life mm. that's that a that's a great that's a okay. great one you know I love the question because I love talking about what God's doing I love hearing about what God's doing so um a lot for me lately probably the last couple weeks I've just been dwelling on a couple things and uh, one is just the fact that you know no matter our past he reminds us that we shall never be put to shame um, I've been reading a little bit in Isaiah about that actually I believe Isaiah 50 probably around verse 7 and 8 he just talks about you know God is not going to allow us to be put to shame. He is with us and he's going to sustain us. So basically what enemy can even come at us because we have God on our side and we no longer have to be considered guilty. So whatever happened in your past, whatever you may be feeling like, um, even if the enemy tries to remind you of something from your past that you're not happy about, you can just say like, look, all power is God's and he set me free. I'm a slave to nothing. So that's one thing he showed me mm -hmm. uh, lately. I was just thinking, looking forward, looking to the future. What are you excited to see God doing? Yeah, that's a great question. In the future. Well, he's making me more like him every day as he is with anyone that's walking with Jesus. And not only that, you know, I just continue praying that we will see this neighborhood transformed and obviously beyond that you know the city the whole state the country the world but you know something that's more tangible is look the people around us um, will hopefully see a change and hopefully become a part of that and hopefully just allow God to be magnified just in our own little area of Birmingham called Southside so I'm excited to see what he's gonna do with people here that know him or even people that don't already know him Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. What do you call a rooster staring at a pile of lettuce? Is that a Chinese <laughs> thing? No, 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 no. It's a joke. <laughs> Roosters staring at a pile of lettuce. A chicken sees a salad. <laughs> That's funny. No. <laughs> I am encouraged by Joe's relationship with God. 
how God pursued him and how open he is with God's work in his heart. I hope his story intrigues you about God.